Hello everybody, welcome back to Rivet. This is Afi. Today, we actually don't know what we're going to talk about today. I don't have a rough idea in mind, but we are just going to hang out and talk about stuff. So, recently I saw a post on Instagram where they released a bunch of coastline turtles. And it's really sad because... When it's really cold, the turtles, um, they will experience this um, sort of, is it natural? Like a phenomenon called cold stunning. So when, when they are cold stunned, they are sort of washed ashore and, they're, and they are stranded on the beach. So when they're stranded, they, they like, because they don't have legs or like limbs like we do. They have flippers. So they cannot um help themselves to go back to the ocean which is sad so i don't know i love animals <laughs> and when i see these things online it it makes me really sad um last night i saw this on the news there was a tiger that was shot by poachers and it was injured and i'm guessing that the poachers ran away because the uh, the Jabatan Pahilitan they got there and they found the tiger <laughs> and, it w- and it looked really like you know hurt and scared and they put the tiger in a cage and treated it it's really sad <laughs> I feel that it sucks that there, there has to be like a division between people who love animals and people who don't. And these people who don't love animals, they just look at them as trophies or like they look at them as valuable possessions. It sucks because animals, they are special and there are so many things we can learn for them, from them. And we just don't know because we are not like exposed to them i think because i used to hate cats when i was (laughs) before i moved to ganu i hated cats because i thought that they were so annoying (laughs) and i remember this one incident where we had to camp at um um look at um and a cat went into my room and I was so disgusted by it that I didn't want to pick it up so I called my mom and I was like I want to go home because there's a bloody cat in my room and I don't want it here like that's how much I hated cats and I was a mean kid back then like I used to stomp on my feet when I walk and I (laughs) and I see a cat that's sleeping I would just stomp my feet on purpose to wake them up or to scare them I was a terrible person back then but I hated cats so much and i don't know why until um last two years we we found a cat on our doorstep and for some reason i fell in love and since then i really love cats like i would sometimes just look them up on tiktok or like just watch random cat videos on youtube because i want them so badly so yeah, I feel like if you haven't really have like a personal encounter with an animal, then you won't really feel it. Like like you won't feel connected to them and to to call yourself an animal lover is a great feeling because 
for me, I mean, I am sure that everyone, you know, they have like different goals and some people, they just want to do whatever they want, you know, being able to have a profession where, um, where they can make a lot of money or being able to own their favorite cars, buy a big house. And some of these professions probably don't involve animals and maybe that's why they don't feel connected to them. So life could be different for, for everybody. Like some may be, some may be animal lovers and some may not be animal lovers, but that doesn't mean that we have to be cruel or we have to be to completely neglect what they are completely neglect their basic needs and whatnot so growing up i don't like cats but i enjoyed looking at bugs i love to look at insects and i like to draw them when i was a kid <laughs> um i think it's because i watch a bug's life and my favorite character was actually the ant <laughs> and since then i always thought that ants were cool and and when i was a kid i never knew that there was such thing as an entomologist so i did not really pursue on my whole bug and also insect um up any passion so it so like growing up, I I never had like I never remembered having an ambition to become an anthropol an anthropologist an entomologist because I never knew there was such thing. But um, growing up, I've also always wanted to do something different. Like I've always felt like I was special. <laughs> I always felt like I'm one of those kids who would have like a revolutionary like um breakthrough in the world. Like I, I had this like entire fairy tale that I'd be like a famous fashion designer or like a famous painter or like a famous writer. Like I've <laughs> I was such a nerd and a loser back then. <laughs> but um um I've always had this need to venture out to to try new things so um even though i have a life like any other kid have like i go to school i eat cereals cereals i eat cereal for breakfast before i go to school and then um i come back from school i study i play the piano like just like every other kid but i always felt like i was special like i'm part of something really important and i sometimes do feel do still feel it now and i think it's very nice and very important for like everybody to actually experience this because it's very like motivating like every day you wake up and you feel like you know what i'm i'm going to do something great today because i know i'm special i'm part of something that's important <laughs> oh my god that was so embarrassing <laughs> anyway um i wrote this um, a few weeks ago and I posted it on my reddit and um, I want to talk about it because I think it's um, kind of cool so I wrote this I, I hope it's not too cringy but it's sort of it, it it has something to do with my love for animals and 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 bugs so for me 
to imagine what life would be like for me, I've never wanted anything more other than to understand what it means, not just to myself, but for the world. So in my head, this life I'm living is not just mine alone. I am also living the life of things I witness around me, such as bugs and butterflies or like animals. <laughs> and um, these things around me, they usually often go unnoticed. And I think it is a beautiful thing to realize that my life does not just revolve around the food choices I make or the commitments I have, school or qualifications. There is this grandeur in this life where all that it takes to truly feel alive is to look. So um, I feel very inspired when I travel or I go to someplace new and I look around and I see like a cool fish or like a, a really cool butterfly. Like I remember walking around and like um, if I see a really cool butterfly showing up, I would try to look it up and try to try to find out what the species name is called. And I think it is very interesting to look forward to that. And with the COVID and like the whole thing about the like we cannot go out and stuff, like the whole CMCO, it has definitely demotivated me and sort of <laughs> it demotivated me to have the same outlook on life as I did when there was no CMCO when I could go out and explore and um, do the whole adventure thing which I am passionate about so I remember this big tree behind the building of my high school it was quite odd sometimes because the leaves would be covered with a white chalk-like texture and the branches were sort of intertwined and thin so every time my friend Alia I think it was me Alia and my friend Ali um, we would walk by the tree and then we would notice these trail of ants that um, was from one branch to another like these trail of ants were sort of connected by the branches lah. and the trail of ants were almost entangled in um, they were sort of entangled in such a uniform manner and they were transporting various things like crumbs of food dead bugs and sometimes I think we noticed like plastic bits and it was really weird but really cool and these ants were they were they were capable of carrying food around these fine branches that sort of forms the network of the tree or something. But, and like, there were also these white cocoons that was hanging and also dangling from the branches of the tree. And when, when we looked closely, there were ants inside the cocoons and we thought that these small, these small white cocoons were the nest of these ants. But one day, we walked past the tree again and we noticed that there was a huge like anthill which was in like sort of inside the tree like the like the how do i say this like the connecting branches were sort of secluding the anthill and it was really cool like 
the nest was secluded behind the intertwined branches and leaves. So then I realized that these ants, just like the rest of us, they are part of this big entangled bank that is interconnected with, with one another. So basically, it tells us that, that everything is inter... Is, how do I say this? Like, it sort of tells us that everything alive in this world is connected to us. Like, not just alive, dead too. Like, yeah, like everything alive and dead is connected to us. And we are dependent on one another to survive. I feel that human beings, they, re- they relatively think that because they are at the top of the food chain, they have the power to control whatever that is beneath them, which is true. But looking at it in a different way, like everything is connected and we cannot just like eliminate what is beneath us to survive. Like we used to believe that every single thing dead or alive will have value if they are to our own benefit. But little do we realize that as far as we can go, from our biggest to our smallest machines, none of it mattered if we eliminate everything that makes up the entangled bank. So the entangled bank is inspired, like the whole thing that I talked about, like the whole idea about the entangled bank was also derived from the origin of species. So it is a so the entangled bank it is a concept that was conceived by Charles Darwin to talk about and to celebrate and to talk about the biodiversity of our planet. So biodiversity is really important. It is really important that we take care of each other, like not just humans, like we humans take care of animals and we don't overexploit things or we don't ruin things like like it is so important that we say no to people who are going to chop down more trees or degazette a forest for example we need to voice out against this because it is really important we really need to preserve biodiversity because we are all they are all part of this huge entangled bank that makes up this grandeur or this life that we are part of so living things or you know living things and also the abiotic components such as the hydrosphere uh, soil so these components of life it's what makes up the biosphere so um, the biosphere is exceptionally large and complex Humans are part of the biosphere as um, so as land. I have to burp. Okay, it's not coming. All right, where was I? Okay, the biosphere. So the biosphere is, is exceptionally large and it's also very complex. It is made up of um, different ecosystems that functions to. I mean, we rely on these different ecosystems that exist within the biosphere to get food or um, we rely on the services that these ecosystems provide. So from land, water, air, um, plants, microbes, animals and 
maybe viruses i think like we are all connected so this biosphere it is like a global ecosystem like i said it houses all the other ecosystems such as the coral reefs the deserts grassland the tundra marine or freshwater ecosystems etc these ecosystems they consist of various food webs nutrient cycles energy flows and these are all carried out by various biological communities and these biological communities consist of many different populations of endemic or non-native species so it is really important that if if we notice that a specific population is falling into a decline we must pay attention to it and help it thrive because if some animals go extinct it would it will have great effects on the food chain it may it may disrupt the balance of the ecosystem and if this happens on and on then soon it will it will affect our biosphere as well so like i said imagine if we remove an essential abiotic component in which these species depend on for example if we take away their homes we we cut down more trees we mine more and more we mine more land we mine more in water we we burn more fuels we throw more waste and we empty out all of our lands with the abiotic factors gone the population cannot survive it will fall to a decline and eventually it will disappear so we have a lot of so many extinct species already we have lost a bunch of species because of ourselves like we have lost um we have lost dodo birds like everybody knows caspian tigers um apatu the chinese paddlefish like lots of these notable creatures because of human activities because of the anthropogenic activities so before the anthropocene the i'm not sure if anthropocene is actually like um i'm not sure it i'm not sure if the term is already like certified to be used by the geologists but the current epoch right i think i i think it's epoch like the current epoch we live in is called the anthropocene I don't think it is an official term yet but before the anthropocene we were um before the anthropocene before the whole industrial re- industrial re- revolution like before humans take over the planet with their with the human human and also anthropogenic anthropogenic activities there was the holocene and in the holocene there were most species that had gone extinct it is due to natural causes like for example um for for example dinosaurs like dinosaurs went extinct in the triassic because of the um meat because of the meteor showers and also the the uh apa ni asteroid and stuff but when but in the anthropocene there were more species more number of species going extinct because of anthropogenic activities So the anthropocene is basically means that um basically means it is a term where the earth is going through a lot of disturbance and like a lot of effects that was mainly affected by humans. So as we overpopulate, 
we need more land, we need more resources, we need more buildings, food. And that is when we overexploit things. And that is why there are a lot of species that have fallen into extinction in the Anthropocene in comparison to the Holocene. So imagine if this happens to every single life in the entangled bank. Like It is so important that we preserve and we maintain the entangled bank to keep on running because if we lose all of if we lose biodiversity we we almost couldn't do anything we don't have food we cannot breathe clean air we will be exposed to many deadly diseases like these things may come un may come unprecedented and and like that is why it is so dangerous and so serious. So it, it sucks, but there are a lot of things that we can do about it. We can go towards green technology and also green also green revolution. We can come up with a lot of we can come up with a lot of a lot of innovation to help us combat climate change. And a lot of people have a very pessimistic outlook on climate change because climate change is the biggest effect in the Anthropocene or off the Anthropocene. So we need, we are so heavily reliant on these ecosystem services for food, shelter, clean water, medication, you know, all these important, all these important, important and also, also essential components we need to survive mainly comes from biodiversity we need bacteria for waste remediation you know we need bacteria to clean up our shit that is that has been piling up on our planet for so long we need we we also need bacteria to help store car to help um to help regulate our carbon cycle to produce oxygen in the air we need all of we need all of biodiversity to help us to survive and we can't see it because because we because these processes they are often they are mostly they are mostly intangible but, but like that's the most frustrating part of all like just because we can't see it that doesn't mean that we have to completely turn a blind eye and not not actually acknowledge the problem so we should realize by now that these ecosystem services are really important to us and it truly makes a difference if we talk about it or if we open up con if we open up conversations like yes the biggest difference that can be made is by the you know is mainly up to the political powers like the only way we can truly make a difference is to have is to have political powers but then we we truly can't go there if there are people who are still not aware and people who are still not concerned about the ongoing problems that is due to our due to our anthropogenic activities yes it is in it is part it is kind like you can say that climate change is inevitable. It will happen, but that doesn't mean you can't slow it down. And 
and not be concerned about how important our biodiversity is to us. So back to what I was telling everybody just now that um, maybe if you want to get into it, if you want to be like, I mean, like if you want to open up, if you want to open up, open up conversations and you want to show that you care or you want to voice out about climate change issues and stuff, but you don't like animals, like maybe the one way where you can feel connected to an animal is to learn more about them. So like I did since I was a kid, I like to walk out and like look at bugs and stuff. And now I, now I really like cats. Um, consider having a pet. And if you don't, try watching David Attenborough's um try watching his documentaries on on netflix or like youtube i think he's one of the best like icons we have to i mean he's the like i feel like he's like his his shows are the best to highlight on the importance and the beauty of biodiversity and um i'm also a fan of fish so i watch my favorite documentary is Jeremy Wade's River Monsters and um, this other fish like other fish documentary I'm not sure what it's called but it's not Jeremy Wade it's some other guy I can't remember what's his name but yeah just support you know like try to support platforms or like some social media accounts that celebrate or highlight the importance of biodiversity on twitter or on instagram like try to make them known because like usually these sort of these kind of information are passed on to people who actually look for it so yeah i feel like it is so important to like expose how important and beautiful our biodiversity is and yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, and the whole biodiversity talk today is also inspired by this one excerpt from The Ordinary Species. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should read it. It's so nerdy if I read it. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to read it. Okay. <clears throat> there is grandeur in this view of life. With its several powers having been originally breathed into a few forms or into one, and that whilst this planet has gone cycling on according to the fixed law of gravity, from so simple a beginning, endless forms most beautiful and most wonderful have been and are being evolved. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next time. Um, okay, bye-bye.